The New Orleans Saints added three new players at the end of mini camps. Will A, any of them make the roster? And B, can any of them help win games? We get all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints. You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to an extra episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a daily episode. And as always, if you want to continue the conversation one-on-one with me, you can do so over at joinsubtext.com slash locked on. Saints, as always, as always, I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. You can also find me every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday and then some like today on Locked on Saints. And today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, the official sportsbook of the NFL. You can get started today over at FanDuel.com slash Locked on to learn more. But I will tell you more about them a little bit later on. We're gonna uh, on today's episode. We're gonna be taking a look at the three new additions that the Saints made in the midst of a flurry of roster moves at the end of mini camps. Uh, signing Lynn Bowden Jr., signing wide receiver Kiki Cody, signing uh, offensive. Let's call them offensive linemen into your offensive lineman Billy Price. We'll discuss how Billy Price helps the Saints at a much needed position when it comes to depth. We'll discuss Kiki Cody and his veteran value and how that adds to the New Orleans Saints wide receiver room. But first. I want to start off with the versatile weapon, one of the most electrifying weapons that we have seen in maybe the last decade of college football. And Lynn Bowden Jr., even though things haven't necessarily worked out for him at the NFL level, could the Saints take this versatile weapon and find a way to build a role around him for 2023 and maybe finally see Bowden Jr. turn into what everyone kind of expected him to be at the next level. So we're going to break all of that down. The thing to know about Lynn Bowden Jr. is that he was a guy that was in, when he was in college, was asked to do a whole bunch of different stuff. He was a, an explosive wide receiver. He was uh, a, an explosive guy that they could use out of the backfield. He had to play like half of Kentucky's season in his final, his his last year with Kentucky in 2019 as a quarterback because of injuries at the position. The guy put together, uh, it was 17 total touchdowns, 14 rushing and receiving combined, as well as an additional three touchdowns that he threw during that season, over 1,800 rushing and receiving yards combined, over 1,400 rushing yards alone. The guy was absolutely magnificent at the collegiate level. But then when he got drafted by the Raiders, and by the way, the Raiders draft classes have just been atrocious over the course of the last five or six seasons. And unfortunately for Lynn Bowden Jr., he was kind of a part of that narrative because he was traded months after being selected in the third round by the Raiders, but it wasn't really down to the player's fault. There was a big time separation between he and the Raiders organization because they wanted to move him to running back, kind of use him in a little bit of a Taysom Hill role, have him play some quarterback as well, kind of use him as like a read option guy that they could mix in with none other than Derek Carr, who is now in New Orleans being actively mixed in with Taysom Hill, because let's not get it twisted, Taysom Hill's going to play quarterback every now and then for the New Orleans Saints. 
And so when we look at where Bowden Jr. or Bowden Jr., I'm going to keep mixing up the pronunciation of his last name. Just please bear with me. Uh, but when we look at what it is that he brings, what you're looking at is versatility. He can throw, he can run, and he can pass. I mean, the guy can do just about anything. And he's a returner. And that right there is really the reason that the Saints ended up bringing him in. Well, I don't want to say really the reason. All of those things check boxes for the New Orleans Saints, but they really wanted to bring him in along with Kiki Cody, who we'll talk about here in a little bit, um, because of his return game prowess. He was somebody that uh, was an active returner in Kentucky. He returned kicks as well for the Miami Dolphins. Um, Nothing super impressive during those times, but hey, if you want to take a little bit of a lean, you know, take a little bit off of uh, Rashid Shaheed a bit so that he doesn't have to be the primary returner or so you have somebody else to mix in with him or something like that. Or even if you just don't want him returning the kicks and the punts and stuff like that during preseason and training camp and you want somebody else back there to do it, then you got to have another body. And originally that was Malik Flowers that was going to be his role, the UDFA wide receiver that they brought in from Montana. But as I was watching Malik Flowers during OTAs, he was having trouble fielding kicks, fielding punts and things like that. And if you can't field the kicks and field the punts, then you can't return the kicks and return the punts. And that's going to get in your way if that's the one thing that basically gives you a path to the roster. So I assume that those issues continued throughout the week seen and unseen when it came to Saints minicamps. And so that led to Blake Flowers being released or waived and then Lynn Bowden being brought in. Now, Bowden showed up along with Kiki Cody, along with Billy Price. Uh, Malik Flowers was released alongside uh, Sir Roderick Thompson, uh, the running back, as well as um, uh, Yusir Durant, the offensive lineman. So the Saints kind of exchanging a wide receiver for a wide receiver in uh, Flowers and then bringing in Cody. And then you have Price and Durant was a bit of a swap out interior O-line for interior O-line, but you get a little bit more center depth with Billy Price. But with Lynn Bowden Jr., he comes in designated by the Saints in their official announcement of his signing as a running back, as an RB. And so he comes in at a role that caused the fracture with the Raiders in the first place that led to him being traded to Miami Dolphins the very same offseason that he was drafted. So interesting sort of uh, switch there. But when he was with Bowden, when he was with the um, Miami Dolphins, they had him do a little bit of everything there too. So it's not out of the ordinary for him to assume this role and to be in a situation where he's going to you know, carry that running back designation. Now, is he going to challenge to be a running back for the New Orleans Saints? Probably not. But will he challenge to potentially be a, 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 a core special teamer that carries the running back position designation? Sure. Remember, the Saints oftentimes will carry three or four running backs, not including the fullback. And the reason why they do that is because most of the time that RB3, RB4 spot will end up being a core special teamer. Think about Dwayne Washington, who is not back with the team this year. So my original thought was that maybe that was going to be Kirk Merritt's new role, but the Saints want to make sure that they have competition, that there's challenges. So Kirk Merritt gets immediate challenge and gets immediate competition in Lynn Bowden Jr. And I think that that is a, uh, a solid, solid thing. Um, just so you know, in terms of uh, Bowden's career, uh, 28 receptions, 211 receiving yards, no touchdown catches, just nine rushes for 32 rushing yards. So even though he carried that running back designation, depending upon where you looked, some places had him listed as a wide receiver, some places had him listed as a running back. He only carried the ball nine times while he was with the Miami Dolphins. So I think looking at 
this particular signing as somebody that's going to come in and potentially push for a roster spot when it comes to running back or when it comes to wide receiver and having an active role on offense, I think that's a little steep. Are there some opportunities to maybe get him mixed in every now and then on a gadget play here and there? Sure. If he makes a roster, absolutely. But does he carry a large role right off the bat? Very unlikely. However, could he carry a larger role on special teams? A hundred percent. So that's really the thing that you're looking for. So can Limbaugh Jr. make the roster? Yes. Can and will he help the Saints win games? Depends on how important his role is on special teams, but I would probably bring that down a little bit because he's not going to be, I imagine, actively involved on offense unless he absolutely tears up training camp. And that is going to be the big thing. Can he tear up training camp? Can he tear up the preseason and show, hey, 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 no, I can help you win games. So it's a prove it on can he help you win games. But in terms of him making the roster, if he were to, you know, compete with a guy like Kirk Merritt and come out on top of that comp- that competition, then there's a chance that he makes the roster, if nothing else, the practice squad. Coming up next, we're going to take a look and we'll answer the same questions around Kiki Cody, but Kiki Cody's um, uh, value is a little bit different because there is a little bit more of an offense-based, offensive-based uh, role available for him. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And with the baseball season being in full swing, there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, all new customers to FanDuel are going to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's $1,000 in bonus bets that comes back to you if your first bet doesn't win meaning that there's no losing when it comes to FanDuel on your very first bet. So it's for new customers to get that no sweat first bet. Maybe you want to bet on the Astros. Maybe you want to bet on the uh, Atlanta Braves, depending upon the fandom. I know the fandom in New Orleans is all split up into a whole bunch of different teams when it comes to Major League Baseball. So depending upon who you're a fan of, FanDuel is a place where you can go and get in on that action and embrace the sweat a little bit, get involved and get things going uh, with your favorite baseball team. So once again, you can go and check that out. You don't want to miss on your opportunity for your no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets. You can find that today at FanDuel.com slash locked on. You could do, use that to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks again, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. Every day, all you everydayers out there, we'll be back with you on Monday, Juneteenth. What's going on? Uh, we will still have an episode up for you. Uh, just kind of looking back over the course of the offseason, doing an early preview of training camps, and then we're going to spend a lot of time focusing on position battles because Saints have a ton of position battles this offseason. So we're going to take a look through all of that and, of course, do everything we can to get you ready for training camp over the course of the next couple of weeks. Mini camps might be over. Might be a little bit of a while before training camp, but Locked on Saints will continue to be five days a week, and then some will get back to live shows, all of that. So uh, I appreciate you hanging out while I was out of town over the course of this week. So let's take a look at the, the Kiki Cody signing, because I, I think that this is one of those guys that it, it was also brought in to get a look at him as a returner. Dennis Allen basically said that during his presser after the first day of mini camps, where he said, you know, really, you know, the, definitely their ability to be able to return is a part of why we brought them in. But I don't think it's completely limited to that. Especially you look at a guy like Kiki Cody, who's actually had some uh, production at the NFL level, 85 career receptions, 966 receiving yards, four receiving touchdowns over the course uh, of his career. 
And so, and that was in, in five seasons playing on a bad team like the Houston Texans that had no offense and no quarterback and all these other things that that franchise went through. Uh, and then he ended up going over to the Indianapolis Colts who, you know, had some struggles on offense themselves as well, especially with Frank Reich being let go of, and then the terrible decision to employ Jeff Saturday and all these other things. And so you look at kind of where Cody has been, I want to say Cody, like C-O-D-Y, Cootie or Cootie or Cootie. Um, has been, uh, you know, utilized and everything like that. And he has mostly been utilized as a traditional receiver. And he's played a bunch of different roles. He's been a guy that has been used as a little bit of a flanker opposite your ex receiver. He's also been used in and out of the slot as well. So he's got some experience all over the offense. And I think when you look at the New Orleans Saints wide receiver room outside of their top three, and Doug Mouton and I spoke about this last, what, Wednesday, Thursday, earlier last week. Um, we were kind of discussing like who is who is who's the guys who are the ones behind uh Traquan I'm not Traquan Smith I'm sorry who are the ones behind Michael Thomas and Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed do you immediately get to Traquan Smith at that point or are you looking at guys like AT Perry who you're still waiting to see like can he shape up in terms of the contested catches the 50-50 balls during training camp that's going to be a big uh piece for him but they're using you know AT Perry as a gunner there and he's doing and he's done that well in, in the reps that I've seen him do um he, he caught a lot more passes during minicamp, didn't let as many balls hit the ground during minicamp as we saw during OTAs. But can you win those contested catches? Can you win those 50-50 balls? And then you look at who are some of the other guys down there. Now, Brian Edwards has been pretty impressive, and he's already got some chemistry with Derek Carr. I would be surprised, honestly, if Brian Edwards didn't end up on the 53-man roster, barring a big-time drop-off during training camp, being surpassed during training camp, or an injury. Uh, they brought in James Washington, another veteran. Uh, Keith Kirkwood is another veteran that they're very familiar with, that they like a lot. That's a bit of a leader in that wide receiver room as well. And others, right? There are still more names in there as well. Shaq Davis, so on and so forth. So I think when you look at Kiki Cody, the thing that you see from him is that you get a little bit more of a traditional offensive role contribution from him as a wide receiver. Whereas Lynn Bowden Jr. is somebody that, you know, oh, he could play here. He could play here. He's a slasher. You can use him here. You can use him there. And so after a certain point, when you have so many of those guys on the roster, Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, there's a little bit of Rashid Shahid there, Kirk Merritt, you kind of go, okay, that's enough. Like you've got enough of those guys. So now guys need to start having like more formal roles and things like that if they want to make the roster, right? Because otherwise you're already filling two spots with Kirk Merritt. You're already uh, giving yourself uh, three or four different players on offense from different positions, excuse me, on offense when it comes to Taysom Hill with only one roster spot and all that. So you've already kind of got that value. So now it's like, okay, what can these guys do that will help them get a roster spot? And while Limboden Jr.'s might be a little bit of that sort of excitement that he brings in as an explosive player with versatility, it's really the special teams role that could potentially end up solidifying a roster spot for him. Or he fits into like a Ty Montgomery type role, which is kind of what we're seeing for Kirk Merritt right now. So again, that competition is there. Meanwhile, for Kiki, it's like, okay, well, who I receive a phone in? And then all of a sudden, there's a role for him. Like, just with that question, there's a spot for him to compete. Now, he can further solidify what he can do as a returner to help himself out, obviously, in that, in that spot. His averages aren't super fantastic. They're not eye-popping, anything like that, but neither are his receiving scores. So really, what you're looking at is not necessarily the stats of previous production. It's how does he fit into this offense, and what is the role that's potentially available for him? I think personally, when it comes to Kiki Cody, I think that his path to the roster is a little bit more convoluted than a guy like Lynn Bowden Jr.'s because of the lack of uh, special teams focus. Yes, he can return kicks. Yes, he can return punts. But is he as explosive as the alternative? I don't 
think so. And so I think that then what you have to start looking at is, okay, so then really his path to the role is, or his, his path to the roster is more traditional. Can he fit into a position group? Can he beat somebody for a spot on a depth chart, right? Like that's the thing. Not can he carry a designation, but be a core special teamer. It's literally, can he be a wide receiver? Can he be one of the five or six wide receivers that makes this roster? It's way too early to start making that declaration. But what I will say is that there was a lot of hype about this guy coming out of college and it was completely understandable. He was very skilled. He had some speed. He had good hands. He was, uh, you know, he, he was somebody that folks looked at as like, okay, he can kind of be this yards after catch threat as well. Like he had a lot of these tags. We haven't seen a ton of that in at the NFL level, but he's had Davis Mills throwing to him. He's had, you know, uh, 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 just lots of issues at the quarterback position. He's had issues on the roster. His organizations have had issues that he has been a part of both the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. And so how much of his lack of production comes down to the, the team that he's been a part of having a lack of identity and therefore not a solidified role that he can contribute to. And how does that change now that he's in New Orleans, where maybe there is a little bit more clarity in terms of how he could be able, how he would be able to contribute, how the Saints could utilize him, deploy him on offense, all these other things. So can he make the roster? I'm going to give that one a maybe for right now. Will he help the Saints win games? I'm going to give that one a no for right now. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have value, and that doesn't mean that those that those answers don't change once they start getting through training camp. Because what happens if he ends up on a team that does find its identity, which is a big soul search for the New Orleans Saints this offseason, because one of the things they couldn't do last year was figure out who they were, especially on the offensive side. They didn't have an identity. Some of that came down to injuries. Some of that came down to play calling. Some of that came down to execution. Whatever you want to blame it on, the answer is yes, right? Like There's a bunch of different reasons why that didn't happen. And so if you can remedy that going into 2023, I like how I said that, like I just created a new word, remedy that. If you can remedy that going into 2023, and then all of a sudden there's a role that's solidified, that's constant, that's reliable, that's clearly defined, whatever, then maybe that role is something that Kiki Cody can say, well, that's mine, right? So the team kind of has to figure itself out. And if they feel like they figured it's their, their, themselves out, then maybe he ends up fitting into a role there like he was unable to do in places like Houston and Indy that just simply couldn't get it together with everything that was going on um, organizationally beyond just on the field, right? Like there was so much going on with both those franchises. So maybe, and then if he makes the roster, the reason that he helps you win games is because everybody else ahead of him is injured. So I'm going to give it a no for right now, but if you feel like he's somebody that can give you good veteran presence, and that's what this whole segment was supposed to be about, I got to, to rambling, sorry, but his veteran value in terms of his ability to be able to navigate all of that and have a role might end up separating him from some of the younger guys that are in the locker room that are also fighting for spots on that wide receiver room uh, for New Orleans. And I love that New Orleans has just stacked up all of these receivers, all of these players with, with pass catching acumen, whether they be wide receivers, tight ends, or running backs, because again, it shows you that they are committed to building around their quarterback and they are committed to rebuilding their offense. They're looking at everything and neither of these guys may make the roster, but does that matter? No. The idea is you got 90 spots, fill it up, fill that roster with guys that might be able to get spots. And if they don't, they don't. But if they do, you look like a genius and there's nothing wrong with that. Speaking of looking like a genius, Neural and Saints made me look like a little bit of a genius because of all of my railing against them not having a formal backup 
center. Now they might have that guy. We're talking. We're uh, digging in uh, on Billy Price up next as we continue up and uh, wrap up today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get it, Houdet Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints to look at another one and really the final of the Saints' big roster moves at the end of minicamp, bringing in interior offensive lineman Billy Price. Now, I'm going to answer the questions for this one right off the bat. Can he make a roster spot? Can he get a roster spot with the Saints? And can he help the Saints win games? I'm going to give this one a yes on a roster spot, and I'm going to give it a maybe when it comes to helping them win games. It's it's tough to quantify how a center helps you win games, but there there are scenarios here, and and and, and we're going to get to that in a moment. But let's let's speak about why first. I do think he can earn a roster spot with with the New Orleans Saints, and why this is something that the New Orleans Saints have needed to do for years, and are now finally looking like they're about to do. We'll see. I said this last year about Nick Martin as well. The Saints brought him in. He was there during camp and stuff like that, but eventually didn't really make the roster. Uh, they did have Josh Andrews who helped them out, but I think one of the biggest reasons why I get so like Ross, why are you so uppity about a? <laughs> don't ever ask me that question, but I'll ask myself that question. Russ, why are you so uppity about a, a center addition for, for the New Orleans Saints? It's not the sexiest position, I know, but I do think that it's a spot where you need help because right now, if you're the New Orleans Saints, what you kind of have in your locker room is that you have an undrafted free agent rookie in Alex Pilstrom who had this play during um, during OTAs. And listen, it's during OTAs. Mistakes happen all the time. But to where like the entire offense moved but the center. Uh, and, and, and it's hard to avoid that being, you know, anyone's fault but like you can't you can't look at that and be like ah well maybe he had the wrong snap count like he he was the only one who had the wrong snap count so I I do think that there are some learning curves and things like that that happen for a UDFA rookie that's coming in to be your starting center now things do get a little bit easier or not starting center sorry your primary backup center rather and so a guy like Billy Price who has years of experience he was a first round draft pick back in 2018 with the Cincinnati Bengals uh 2021 he played with the New York Giants 2022 last year he played uh, after the first six games of the season, which he missed, but the first six games of the, after the first six games of the season, he was the starter at center for the um, for the Arizona Cardinals. His first game as a starter for the Arizona Cardinals actually last year was against the New Orleans Saints, wherein he uh, scored an eighty three point four pass rushing uh, pass blocking excuse me uh, uh, great uh, according to Pro Football Focus allowed zero pressure, zero hits, zero hurries, zero sacks didn't didn't allow a thing. Um, and had one penalty at 11 penalties last year and only a few games. So that, that part makes you kind of go, Ugh. but look, he's not a, he's not expected to be a starter. Eric McCoy is your starter. And so the reason why I'm so, I'll use the word again, uppity, uh, about the idea of getting a center is because right now, if you're the New Orleans Saints, sort of the way that you've kind of had to live if you have an injury at center is that you have to move Cesar Ruiz to center, who was, that was his natural position when the Saints drafted him out of Michigan, they moved in the right guard. Then you have to plug in another right guard. Now, they kind of helped themselves curve that a little bit last year with Josh Andrews, but Josh Andrews is not back on this roster. So I was starting to look and kind of go, okay, so who is that guy? Who's the Josh Andrews that can come in, that has some NFL experience, that isn't a guy that you would say is better than Eric McCoy by any stretch of the imagination, but you still need a good backup because offensive linemen are going to miss games. It's the NFL. Hello, welcome. Like, this is just what it is. And so if you're the Saints... Sitting back and going, ah, we'll be fine at center just felt like something that didn't make sense to me. So I love the addition of Billy Price. So the reason why I think that he can make the roster 
And and I should clarify, I think he could potentially make the 53-man roster. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be a starter, and I know a lot of people are going to say, well, Ross, he wasn't very good in Cincinnati, and he allowed a lot of sacks last year, and all these, he had 11 penalties, he allowed five sacks last season, he's allowed, what is it, 11, 12 sacks over the course of his career. I get it, I understand, his pro football focus grades aren't good, I know. I'm not talking about the guy coming in and being a starter, I'm talking about the guy coming in and being veteran value depth at a position where you need veteran value depth. And here's the other piece that makes this a little bit easier for New Orleans. It's that the center is no longer making the protection calls in the New Orleans Saints offense. That's now all to Derek Carr, the quarterback. And this takes us back to a situation where we would see the New Orleans Saints deal with offensive line injuries, whether they were at center, whether they were at tackle, whether they were at guard, 2017, 18, 19 and still play really well on the offensive line. And a big part of that is because you're not changing the entire communication of your pre-snap adjustments and your pre-snap preparation, reading where pressure is coming from, identifying the middle of the uh, of the defense, understanding, making changes, making calls, all of those things, calling protection, slides, uh, adjustments, all this other stuff. You're not having to change that if the center gets hurt. That would stay with Derek Carr. That would stay with the quarterback. So it takes them back to a situation that they had years and years ago now in the Drew Brees era where the center would change out, but the offense would hear the same things. They would hear the same calls. They would get the same thing. It it all remained cohesive. It all remained consistent, uh, regardless of, uh, of a change at the position. So I think that's where the Saints can really benefit here with a guy like Billy Price is that, yeah, look, he hasn't been the, the best in the NFL. I get it. I understand. But he is somebody that has NFL experience. He is somebody that can come in and look, held the Saints defensive line and not being able to get any pressures during that time. So clearly the Saints got an opportunity to see him just like they got an opportunity to see, you know, Benjamin, they signed both of them, right? So you look at both and, and, and the Saints are clearly interested in having good depth here because they also tried to bring in another guy, Pat Elfline, but Pat Elfline's waiting to see if there's a starting opportunity for him out there. So don't be shocked if Pat Elfline does not get that starting opportunity somewhere. If he's at New Orleans Saints training camp at some point, if he's tired of waiting on those opportunities. So the Saints clearly trying to address this position, and I'm glad for it because I've been kind of pounding the table for it for a while. Um, and so I, I do think that he could make the roster. And I think that the the maybe around what I said about maybe he can help you win games is that if you deal with an injury at center and then you swap it out to a guy like Billy Price, can he just, can he do the job? Can he do the job? And and he doesn't have to make the protection calls. Derek Carr would do that as long as Derek Carr is also healthy and everything. Like he doesn't have to do any of that. All he has to do, well, not all he has to do. He has to do all of the things that a center has to do in the NFL. It's still very much a, a big, hard job that he has to deal with. But it's not the same thing as what the Saints have had to do at the position in the past. They don't have to move multiple players on the offensive line. And now they don't have to get a new player to come in and start making protection calls and 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 cadence voice delivery terminology, all those other things. No, all that stays consistent with Derek Carr. So they're in a better position to just have a guy that can come in and do the job as opposed to having to do all the additional stuff, right? And so I think the Saints are in a better position there. They just simply are. And so I do think that Billy Price is the guy that could make the roster. We'll have to see what he looks like during training camp, just like with my, you know, yes, and maybe for the, for the other guys, these answers can change uh, over the course of training camp. But I do think if nothing else, much like the Saints taking swings at quarterbacks, taking swings at having a backup center, never a bad choice, never, ever a bad choice.
All right, coming up on Monday, uh, we're going to be taking a look back over the course of phase three of the offseason. What did we learn about the Saints throughout minicamp and OTAs? And then what do we need to start looking ahead to when it comes to uh, training camp? Then we're going to get into some positions over the course of the week that we still want to see the Saints address. Wednesday's midweek fundamentals, we'll start learning us some football. And then getting into Fridays, we'll get back to in case you missed it, keeping you up to date with everything you need to do over the course uh, over the course of the offseason. And then we'll get to uh, position group battles and, and, and things like that all throughout the next few weeks. So we're here. We're here with you five days a week. Uh, no sleep, never lose uh, here on Locked on Saints. Appreciate you as always, y'all, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out um, you know, another episode of Locked on Saints. Go and check out Locked on NFL Scouting. Go and check out everything uh, that we have here for you over on the Locked on Podcast Network. I appreciate you as always for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.